Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit TV show Shark Tank. I'm also the inventor of the infomercial and an ass scene on TV. Dove is a special uh, entrepreneur. Uh, he does amazing podcasts, but he's also a speaker and a consultant. Hi, I'm Sal Sylvester. I'm the author of Unite, the four mindset shifts for senior leaders and founder of Coach Metrics. He's a thought leader in the field, fantastic author. He's got an amazing radio show. Hello there. My name is Brett Trapp. I'm a creative consultant living in Atlanta, Georgia, also the creator of Blue Babies Pink. Uh, this guy has written books, has a successful podcast, uh, and is absolutely changing the game when it comes to leadership and leadership development. Hey guys, Cameron Brown here, founder of The Thriving Collective. I travel the world helping people make a greater impact. Dolph is a, just an outstanding character, uh, high quality guy, authentic guy, uh, master on leadership. My name is Chris Stoikos, founder of thebeardclub.com. And I'd just like to say that Dove has a very, very unique approach to working with businesses. Hey, this is Derry Apjohn, one of those, AKA the strategy man. And if I'm gonna describe Dove in three words, it's going to be courageous, deep, and conscious. And that's exactly what you need from leadership right now. Hey guys, this is Devon Harris, original member of the Jamaican Bobsled team, three-time Olympian, author, speaker, philanthropist, he is one of the most amazing guys you'll ever meet, an amazing interviewer, but at the same time, an amazing speaker. Hi, I'm Nate Regeer, CEO and co-founding partner of Next Element Consulting, a global leadership training company specializing in conflict communication. You know, the more I get to know Dov Barron, the more I admire his authenticity, his genuine commitment to something that I share deep in my heart, which is this notion of authentic communication. I'm Jared Nichols. I'm a futurist, executive advisor, host of the NSBA podcast, The Road Ahead, and also president of the Jared Nichols Group. Dov is uh, an outstanding thought leader when it comes to leadership and the traits and the qualities of leadership that are going to be necessary to succeed in the 21st century. Hey everybody, Coach Brew here, best-selling author of Stadium Status, taking your business to the big time. If I had to describe Dov in three words, it would be expertise, genuine, and heart-centered leader. I'm John Burgoff, the president of Flourishing Leadership Institute, where we enable communities and organizations. He has a finger on the pulse of what the future is asking for from leaders. Hey, this is Jordan Harbinger of the Art of Charm podcast. Dov Barron is a great host with insightful perspective. He understands what makes people tick, and he can get to the heart of the matter in an entertaining and educational and informational way. Hi, I'm Joshua Miller, and I am the author of the new book, I Call Bullshit, Live Your Life, Not Somebody Else's. Dov Barron, to me, when you talk about authentic leadership and cutting through the bullshit, there's nobody I would trust to go to than Dov Barron. Hello there, I'm Mike Glauser. I've been studying entrepreneurial leadership for more than 20 years. He really knows how to teach authentic leadership and that's one of the most important things today in leading organizations. Hi there, my name is Rick Barker. I am the founder of the Music Industry Blueprint. I help people navigate the music business. He had made me aware of some things that were quite visible, but were still hidden. I'm Tom Bilyeu, co-founder of Quest Nutrition and Impact Theory. Dov is absolutely amazing. I really enjoyed my time. A, he knows the guests before they come on, which is absolutely critical. But B, this guy, most importantly, has intensity, well thought out ideas, often counterintuitive, which is what 
makes him great. Hi, I'm Tim Sanders, author of the book Love is the Killer App, How to Win Business and Influence Friends. His perspective is laser sharp about the things that matter. Welcome to Curiosity Bites. When you think about peak performance individuals, who comes to mind? Is it top athletes, Oscar-winning actors, Grammy-winning performers, authors, artists, dancers, scientists, heads of state, international negotiators, CEOs like Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk? Now, whoever it was that came to mind for you, consider this. In this multimedia, social media world where everyone's snapping photos of everybody else, do you think you actually get to know that person? Because we sometimes get lulled into the idea that we actually do know them. We talk about them as if we know them, but we also talk about authenticity. So how much of what we're seeing is authentic versus an alter ego? Here's what I'm curious about. All my life, I have been fascinated with what drives people. Why is it that you can put two people in seemingly identical situations and they can come up with massively different outcomes? Moreover, does the fact that one of these people might be born, um, might actually go on to become a high-performance individual, play in maybe at the top of their game, does that mean that they're more together than someone who ended up working, up in, working in a supermarket? Does high IQ uh, or being born in privilege become an advantage or a disadvantage? Well, these are the things we're going to talk about, we're going to dig into, and uh, I think you're going to find this show absolutely fascinating because you're going to get to eavesdrop in on my conversation with my special guest, Todd Herman. Now, he's a best-selling author, performance advisor, and an entrepreneur. For 22 years, his training company, Herman Performance Systems, has focused on helping advisor, uh, achievers uh, and people achieve, actually, and ambitious people achieve crazy things, wildly outrageous goals uh, in sports and in business and in all kinds of things, and not only do that, but to do it while enjoying the process. He's the author of the best-selling book, The the alter ego effect, the power of secret identities to transform your life. Stay tuned because this is going to be something you're going to really want to jump down on. Stay tuned. As I said, I'm Darth Baron. I am the Dragonist and I am the host here at Curiosity Bites. You can find out more about hiring me as a speaker or strategist for your organization by going to DoveBaron.com. This episode of Curiosity Bites is brought to you by Magcast. Imagine having your own industry magazine. What would that do for your authority? Whether you're a coach, a content expert, or an emerging brand, it's hard to stand out from the crowd. So what if there was a proven way to increase both your perceived authority and your professional status in the eyes of the market and to do so all at once? This is your way to going from being invisible to getting a meeting with anyone. You can find out more at magcast.co. That's M-A-G-C-A-S-T dot co, C-O, where first-time publishers create thriving business, magazine businesses. All right, let's, let's get into this because you're about to eavesdrop in on my conversation with Todd Herman. Let me just tell you a little bit, about, a little bit more about Todd. Uh, Todd and I met... Uh, uh, a couple of years ago, um, I've had him on, on the other show, which is the Leadership and Loyalty podcast, when he was releasing uh, 
this book, The Alter Ego Effect. We had this amazing conversation and there was a lot of things we couldn't get into just because we ran out of time. Uh, Todd and I have bumped into each other in, in uh, what was it, San Diego, uh, a year and a half ago as well, and sort of hung out a little bit there. This is a, a really interesting guy who looks at the world through very different lenses. And one of the things that he and I spoke about that I think probably pushes the envelope for most people is that both of us are challenged by this word um, that I've actually gone through my entire site over the last year and removed the word. Uh, my team thinks of it now as a swear word, and that is the word authenticity. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome Mr. Lover, Mr. Todd Hubbard. Uh, well, apologies for having to make all those edits to your website. <laughs> no, it was nothing to do with you. It was actually in process before. Yeah. Um, because you and I had talked about it on the thing is like, I had originally put it there because it was like, I had talked about authenticity I, um, for years, lot 20 years before, and then it became the new hip word. Mm -hmm. And I realized, Oh my God, this is terrible. Cause I got rid of purpose. I got rid of authenticity because these are all words that people don't understand that they put this thing on. That's not it. So we're going to come into that and talk a lot about that. Yeah. Um, but I want to know, first of all, what do you find yourself most curious about in these days? Like as we're recording this right now, yeah. what sort of plays on your mind as, you know, like, I'm really curious about this. Uh, paradigms. I, I'm very fascinated with, you and I were just discussing this on mm -hmm. the news cycle Mm -hmm. and how you know people have forgotten about what the what the crazy insane topic was six months ago even and yet it permeated every single conversation for most mm -hmm. people and then they all rose up and i'm sure they challenged people online and trolled people's social media posts about like why aren't you doing enough for the environment because you know it was there was forest fires going on in australia and you know we're going to be dating the podcast but like, like th this happens all the time of course and so you know in times like this uh, or any time, really, whatever the news cycle is of the day, I'm just fascinated to see what are the paradigms, what are the lenses that people are looking through or judging um, the current time uh, that we're in, because I, that's what I have to do for myself so I don't get trapped by them. Like, it's if, because it, I, I have my own personal mission for what I'm trying to achieve with my life. And I know that for a good chunk of my life, I was trapped by having very terrible ideas, terrible philosophies, bad paradigms about myself for the world around me that really just got in my own way. And so um, I will probably always just be curious about, just like you said at the very beginning, I'm just fascinated by the human experience. I'm fascinated mm -hmm. by human beings. Um, and so that's what I'm always going to be curious about. Yeah. You know, in, in context of that, you know, one of the things that's really interesting to me is how important something is when it's important mm. and how it's not important five minutes later. Mm. But that person would die on that hill in yeah. that moment. Yeah. You know, so, you know, everybody was talking about Gre Greta at the beginning of 2020. Mm -hmm. Where is Greta now? Nobody talks about her. Because yeah. I'm not, it's not that she wasn't important and it's not that she's not important even in today's context, but the news cycle that comes at us. Well, here's the reality. Abandoned things. Doug, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge people on this one. I yeah. don't think she's important. Okay. 
but she is but she was very important to a to lot some of people, people at that time to the, to the masses right. i'm more fascinated by the young kid who was at the age of 16 17 18 actually designed and built out a contraption that would go out and clean up all of the dump that's inside of the oceans and yet yeah, there's a lot of loud mouths again so greta has got a purpose in the grander scheme and context of the topic but she doesn't offer solutions and no. nor and, and and again this isn't me like saying she's a horrible person because no. day day, she's a young kid and what she's been able to do at that age but i don't find her to be in the grand scheme of i look for people who offer solutions i want practitioners and this is my we talked about this on the very last episode yeah. this is my great challenge to people that listen to these things consume information consume books is are you actually consuming information from the people who are the boots on the streets because mm. only the people with the boots on the streets understand the nuance of something. There's a great book written by one of the smartest human beings on the planet today, and that's Thomas Sowell. I don't know if you know Thomas at all. Um, uh, he's a black man uh, that uh, is a uh, head professor at Cornell University. Mm. Brilliant man, okay? His book, The Tale of Two Visions, is going to – it. It is just so powerful. And in that book, he talks about the constrained version, vision versus the unconstrained vision. Mm. Okay. And most people think when you hear those words, well, of course I want the unconstrained vision because I want a mind that's all about possibility. And yet, um, in, even in the book, as an amazing thinker, he doesn't tell you which one to think. Now, personally, when you hear interviews with Thomas, um, you're going to hear him say that, you know, the people who actually get things done in this world are the constrained thinkers. They understand that there needs to be a practical application to the reality of life. And most people consume the pop culture, biggest popular, you know, best books of the day that everyone else, just so they can virtue signal or whatever they do to other people that, oh, I read that book too. Yeah, but, you know, is Malcolm Gladwell, are Malcolm Gladwell's books, boots, boots on the street type books. They're great at challenging your ideas. And there is some really good information. I mean, Outliers, I'm a big fan of that book. Yeah. But I'm a practitioner. So that's why I'm more fascinated by the young kid who built the contraption that can actually go out there and clean Bring up the, ocean. the oceans. Yeah. 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 So it's, that's a, that in and of itself is a very interesting um, point because it is very much about uh, who's got the loudest voice. And, and the person with the loudest voice doesn't necessarily have the loudest voice but the machine gets behind a voice that it believes will be loud, right? Sure. Yeah. And, and so, like you said, with Greta versus the, the, the young guy who, who created that very simple machine for cleaning up the ocean. Mm -hmm. um, why do you think that is? Why do you think that, I mean, I'm just really interested because I know you study these things. Why do you think it is that, that say someone like Greta gets, more uh, media, more vo more uh, magnification yeah. than guy, the kid who's doing the practicality. Uh, because uh, it's elements of um, the, the you know the 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 train wreck, the car wreck type thing. You know, mm -hmm. so you know there's juxtaposition. You know what, mm -hmm. what's interesting about well, Greta's young; she's 16. Yep. She has an opinion. Okay, and most news is driven by opinion, not by actual news. Right. Um, and, you know, so anything that can elevate emotionality in a conversation or a topic, that's why, like, when you watch the news, it's like, 
you know, they bring on someone to argue one side of the equation and they're not really bringing on the experts. They're bringing on someone who's going to create interesting television and keep you glued to it. And, you know, so I think about my platforms and I'm, and I am very counter to that. I will not bring on someone who's going to be the loudmouth because I don't think those people deserve any more um, audience than they already get. I will, Mm. I commit myself, even when I do my big live events, I commit myself to only bringing on people who do the work. If you do not do the work and you only talk about the work, then you are not allowed to come on my stage. That's fantastic. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Uh, opinion versus action is is yeah. vital. Uh, uh, and I, I want to get into that in a minute because, I, in a, not in a minute, but in, later on in the show, because I want to talk about this whole, uh, it's another area that you and I agree on that pushes some buttons and pushes some people away, which is our trepidation around the personal growth personal development world we'll use trepidation oh, right now yeah 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 i don't I, I wouldn't call it even trepidation i would i would say that i i easily throw rocks at it um yeah, yeah I, so, I i'm being know. i'm being i'm being you're being very nice just be, yeah. it's it doesn't happen often so take it now I was, <laughs> <laughs> i'm shocked right now exactly. you, who has taken over dove's body here exactly where is that pod body snatches the path to getting where we end up wherever it is for all of us is a i I think it's a very interesting and winding path for all of us and nobody goes in a straight line from a to b of course so for those people who don't know you maybe didn't even hear the leadership and loyalty show let's talk a little bit about how you go from alberta canada Mm -hmm. uh, to where you grew up on a farm with the dislike of chicken coops to having a company that provides programs that serve Olympic athletes, entrepreneurs, leaders, yeah. and living in New York City. Yeah. Um, no direct path, exactly like you said. Yeah. Um, but I think it starts like many things isn't it, with an idea in your head. So I was um, oppressed as a child, as an extrovert living in the middle of nowhere. That's how I was impressed. That's what yeah. my great oppression was. I was, I loved people. I wanted to be around people, but here I am growing up on this, you know, huge farm and ranch in Southern Alberta, Canada. And I remember I could take the exact spot on the farm uh, when I was out for a walk, when I was eight years old, when I made this, you know, decision in my head that New York city was the place I was going to be someday because at that eight. was a place at eight. Yeah. Yeah. So how, um, hold on. Whoa, whoa, pause. How did you know about New York when you were living in? Yeah. Backwards Alberta. Alberta. Schuler, Alberta. Yeah. Right. Um, well, reality is we only had one, um, television station at our house, uh, on the farm back then. This is now 1983. And, but I'd heard about this place, New York city that was buzzing with like, you know, the place that never slept. And that sounded like a place that I'd want to go be and saw a few pictures of it. And, and that was basically it. That was, that was it. I just, I just felt like, you know, and this isn't about, throwing rocks at the farm. I am so freaking happy about the, the, the life I got to have there because it really shaped character and, and and those types of things for my parents. But I was just, I wanted to be around people and I just wasn't around, you know, other than my brothers and my sisters and, you know, other family friends and came over, I wanted to be around lots of people. So I just, that's where I needed to go. And I don't know, there was just, I don't know, maybe it's, 
just my experience, but I find it's had, it's happened with other people too. I just felt like there was something that was bigger for me somewhere else. Um, not that living a farm life isn't a big thing. I just, in the context of, I wanted to, I, I wanted to be in front of a lot of people. I knew that at a young age. Um, I don't know where that came from. Um, so I think now as being a, now being a parent of three kids, I think there's just some things that come with you that are baked. They're just sort of baked into you. Environment shapes you, of course, and, and those things. But there, I think there's just some things that were baked into me to have to go and do something. But but it's interesting because, um, you know, the, the nature versus na- nature versus nurture, nurture argument. Yeah. Um, and we know that the environment is far stronger than DNA. Um, there's scientific research on that. But it is fascinating for me because, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I, I don't live where I'm from. Um, yeah. And I traveled a lot like you did. Um, and I can now at this age, I can look back and go, yeah, that catalyzed that. And it was, sometimes it is these massive events, you know, like, I don't know, falling off a mountain and getting smashed up, which is my story. But sometimes it is minor things. Like, you know, you, you don't even know where that New York thing came from. For me, I remember being, Uh, 14 years old in the living room when everybody else was outside and it was a nice day or people were watching things that I, I used to watch documentaries as a kid. And I, I, and my mom coming in and saying, it's a lovely day, go outside. What are you doing? And I'm being watching this documentary. What is it? And it was, it was a silent documentary, silent documentary that was shot over a period of 10 years to look like four seasons. Hmm. And so you track it, they track this girl, uh, who's on the East Coast traveling to the West Coast. Um, and you get all this fabulous scenery, but you also see her meet a guy and have a kid. see her pregnant, and then you see her have a kid. Yeah. And I don't know where it was. And my mom said, what are you watching? I said, I don't know. And she said, well, where is it? And I said, I don't know, but I'm going to go live there. And she says, well, where do you think it is? And I said, I think it's America. Well, mm. you know, I remember that clearly. When I moved here, I must have lived here two years. And I went to Stanley Park and I stood there and looked at the totem poles and went, oh my God, that's the documentary. (laughs) The final scene of that movie is they're standing. Yeah. They're standing at the waterline and then you get a shot back of them in Stanley Park looking at the totem poles in Stanley Park in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. That's where I live. I live literally four minutes walk from those totem bowls. Yeah. I mean, so these like little seeds get dropped in yeah. and some, I, I'm really fascinated by what happens. I don't know. So through that process, so you had that, I mean, here's what happened with me too is, so through that process, okay, you had this anchor. Okay. Well, I want to go live there wherever there is. Yeah. Um, and you, you didn't have the name of it. I actually did have a name of it. Yes. Um, you but um, then what happened was, a big chunk of the, cause I didn't get to New York until I was 30, 30, 31. And, but throughout my twenties, one of the mistakes I made was I lamented and was lamenting the fact that I wasn't yet at the place that I wanted to go be. Uh. And so that's why, you know, you said it in the introduction, a big part of the work that um, I then graduated into over time was Peak performance isn't just about the achievement of something. No. It's also, and these are like, this is about, this is the, you know, the great benefit of being around world-class people is they also really enjoy it. They're just, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, they're, 
it's like enraptured by it. And so, you know, I, I lament the fact that some of my twenties were so caught up in the fact that I wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and then when I got to New York and then, you know, got more mature and wise with my edge, I was like, Oh, I, I kind of wasted a lot of my emotional energy, not enjoying the twenties for what they were, which was a, you know, it was the great skill building era for me. That's when mm-hmm. I was building skills. And so I just, I like to kind of point that out to people that, you know, that's a big part of peak performance. Peak performance isn't about just the achievement. It's also enjoying that process of like being walking through the brambles and the fires of like hell that you've got to walk through in order to, to, to get to where you want to go. Yeah. One of the things that I say to my clients is um, that this, whatever this is, um, is preparing you for whatever that will be mm-hmm. and whatever it is you're facing whatever that was has prepared you for it. Mm-hmm. So it's always using that fire to say, okay, hold on a second. This is, this sucks. Yeah. This sucks, but it's preparing me for something. I don't know what it is yet. And I, and that for me is a fuel. That for me is one of the things that gets me to go, okay, I can climb over this hill. Yeah. It's, it's the classic idea of achieving the way that, you know, people may not, they're, they didn't see you do what I just saw you do because they're listening to this, but it's the, it's the idea of the gyroscope, right? And so like anyone who's a good coach or advisor or mentor, someone is, is always trying to re- reorientate someone to see something in a different way. And mm-hmm. to exactly to your point is, you know, and it sounds almost cliche for people. And sometimes it can sound even dismissive to some people when someone, when they hear someone say, you know, this is only preparing you for something better in your, and, and, you know, when you're going through it and you're emotional about it, you're like, well, but I don't want to be going through this again. That's, that's a paradigm. That's a, that's a view that you have on it. Um, however, the, it, that's, that's the power of just being around good people is if I can reorientate you and balance that gyroscope. So you're not oscillating so much in this moment and, um, and get you to really see that this is about forging new skills with you. Because if you graduate out of this with a positive, like if you handle this the best way that you can, then whatever the possibilities are, because there's infinite in front of you, Mm -hmm. you're going to, you're going to be thrust down the path of greatest possibility. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because um, I say to people when I talk about my fall and falling off the mountain, and I say, but please, you know, th- I have no doubt in my mind that that was the best thing that could have happened to me up until that moment. Mm-hmm. But I will, I also say, but let me be clear: if you'd have come up to me and said to me, "This is the best thing that could have happened to you," I would have punched you in the face mm-hmm. without hesitation. Yeah, and this is the thing I'm always trying to remind people of is you on the outside may know that, but you can't say that to somebody because that is that lacks compassion and empathy. Yeah. You can teach them how to see it themselves. It's got nothing to do with you. Otherwise, yeah. you're just a, an ass on your high horse yeah. looking down saying, oh, this is going to be good for you. Piss off. It doesn't feel that way. I'm depressed. I'm suicidal. I'm angry. I'm frustrated or whatever it is they're feeling or I'm broke. Yeah. Leave me the hell alone. Yes, it can get there, but it's not where it is at the beginning. We've got to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to, we're going to dive deeper into, um, really, I want to look at uh, where we just were and sort of expand that into identities that come out of our environments. Because like I said, you came out of a farm, I yeah. came out of Northern England, and then how we move that forward. 
So let's just take a break for a couple minutes, uh, a couple of seconds, and then we'll be right back. Stay tuned. 